podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to episode the palindromic 353 of <laughs> Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. I'm Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello everybody indeed. I hope everybody out there is safe, has not gone nuts yet. We're, get, we're coming through this, guys. We're coming through it. That R rate still under one. We're coming through it. For the love of God, please let that R rate stay under one. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're in week 753 of lockdown. <laughs> and um, I'm not entirely sure what time is anymore. On this week's show, we will be reviewing uh, Netflix's uh, Eurovision uh, comedy. Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga. And... Uh, we're going to have a catch-up review of A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, and we'll have some what we've been watching. We'll have some trailers. There are trailers, which is exciting, obviously. I, I think we'll have some news. We've got some Twitter questions. It's a it's a pretty it's a pretty standard issue show. Um, in terms of news, more delays. Um, unhinged now releases on july 31st uh which is very annoying um tenet now releases august the 12th which is doubly annoying because i'm going to be in fucking spain on august the 12th um did i say that out loud um what else got pushed mulan got pushed yeah, so that got pushed from July 31st to uh, uh, August 21st, I want to say. So I think it's coming out the week after Tenet now. Um, so cinemas <laughs> cinemas are opening up starting off this weekend and there's fucking nothing for them to play until the end of July. Um, there's an Eva Green film. Well, yeah, I mean, there's an Eva Green film, Proxima, I think it's called, which is scheduled yeah. to come out on the 10th of July. Um, but beyond that, it's a lot of older films. Like Even the Inception re-release, I think, has been delayed to the 31st of July now as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's... I feel for the cinemas because they were probably like, yeah, Tenet's actually going to make it. You know, we're going to have a couple of weeks dry run and then bang, here we go. Nope. I, I shall look to see if there's any, what, what's listed at the York View, um, which apparently is supposed to reopen on Friday and there are zero listings. <laughs> they can't reopen on Friday. They're not all to open. Next Friday. No, the, the View apparently is reopening. What is it? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, View are opening on Sat. No, they're opening on Saturday. They're Saturday. opening from the fourth. Um, them and Showcase have both said they're going to open from the fourth. Cineworld have said they're opening from the tenth. Right, there's nothing but, to do. It's going to be very quiet. No, but I mean, this is the. I mean, this is the thing though. It's 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 so up in the air right now that. The, God, the cinemas have got to be shitting themselves about how the next few weeks go. Um, 
That's it. I, it it's, I mean, I, I expected, you know, bang now, you know, with um, what's it? Cineworld announcing that they're reopening. I expect by now to have some kind of listings yeah. for what, what's coming up. And we've had the thing coming out saying that um, they're going to be showing what is it, Empire Strikes Back, Shawshank Redemption, Goodfellas, and Back to the Future. But when? But if you look at that going, really, you're going to show four films for two weeks? Yeah, it's... So I, odd. I, 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 like, so, I mean, I had a bit of a Twitter rant on uh, Saturday morning about all this, and it's... The, the, the thing is, the cinemas have got to be so careful because basically, if you know, if a cluster of cases happens and the variable is the 7:30 on a Wednesday evening showing of The Empire Strikes Back, there goes cinemas again. Ian, what you've got to take into account is that could happen anywhere. It could be yeah. half past eight in fucking Asda. And, you know, people lean over you all the time in the supermarket. They're, they're constantly forgetting to stay two metres well, away. Well, it could be in pubs. They're reopening those. So it's, it's, people have to take their choices. What I will state here is um, that from somebody who has worked essentially the past um, couple of weeks in a a high traffic retail environment mm. um, is that made me worried a little bit about the whole cinema thing. But you don't you don't spend or I know I don't spend that much time in the cinema in between getting to the cinema and sitting down. No, exactly. And Surely you're safer there if you sat X amount of seats away from somebody in your seat. Well, that's it. Then you would be in a pub getting up and going to the bar and passing other people and speaking to the bar staff and having to wee round people or going to the supermarket and talk to people and having to touch the trolleys and the produce that other people could have touched, you know. Surely a cinema is actually a safer environment. It is a safer environment. The problem is, is you've got a lot of people who are shouting about the fact that, well, no, it's just not safe. It's like, that, all right, then don't go. But I don't see why don't this is the Don't chastise other people for... But, I mean, I mean, yeah, I've not seen any of that. Going. But I don't see why this is the hill people have chosen to die on. Why cinemas specifically? Because um, because there's certain moralistic high grounds that people feel they have to always take. I thought it would be more they... to be the pubs. Oh, they, they, they probably are still doing the pubs thing as well. Or is a pint worth more to you than somebody's life? Say. No, but do you know what? I mean, work eight hours a day talking to people. So if 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 I yeah, have to yeah. do that, then I want to be able to do that. I, am I am I gonna go in there when I've got a coffee? Feeling what is it? No, it, it, it's a bit. I don't know. There's a there's a there's a there's a very big. And I've stuck to lockdown for what is it? And I I believe in the whole process and everything like that. But there is getting to a point of, oh fucking shut up to certain to people now. Well, this real kind of puritanical viewpoint that anything that's just purely for enjoyment oh that's not worth it but what going out and fucking selling you know to, to boil your job down and be really snidey about it going out and selling t-shirts and shorts to people is that's no, worth it. Uh, something that actually is good for people's mental health at this point yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I... It, 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 and I mean, the, one of the big arguments I see is like, oh, the air conditioning, you know, okay, you're, you're, you're stats 
sat there fair enough you're away from someone but the air conditioning it can recirculate can, yeah can in shops can in office buildings and i get i get the whole but you're sat there for a couple of hours at a time thing like you're but, in a issue there for the entire day yeah that, that's exactly what i was going to say <laughs> you know i mean that, 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 that that's it and I, as i think we said last week it kind of feels like the people who are shouting out about this the loudest are maybe those who don't have to go out for their own work yeah yeah um and it's like i you know i haven't been but i will be i mean i i, I said in the I, I think i said in the patreon only section it might have been before we started recording but I, i'm literally waiting on a text saying whether i'm going back into the office tomorrow or not and i'm not worried about it i'm quite looking forward to it so you know and and if i'm gonna do a shift at work then if i have the cinema available to me as an option then i'm gonna i i, I am going to take it um the thing is i understand but, the anxiety yeah. it was hammered so heavily home that by staying at home you're protecting people's lives and all this kind of stuff but people just aren't doing that anymore it's not it's not a thing out in the wider world the people that are going out are not necessarily sticking to the rules anymore anyway and to, to, i mean like to be fair the r rate isn't necessarily going up all that much and i mean fair play they've already said with like leicester even though the the mayor of leicester seems to be against it but they're going to delay the easing of lockdown by two weeks you know and it's like okay do you know what fair enough if you're gonna if you know where clusters are you target those areas to keep those numbers down fair enough you know and be sensible about everything so it's like if i'm on the train tomorrow i'm wearing a fucking mask there and back no problem of course i fucking am you know it's as long as people are being sensible in that regard that i suppose the problem is people aren't being sensible but it again it just feels like you know these all those protests from a few weeks back people were like that our rate's going to go up to in all fairness all those shots of people on the beaches and look how irresponsible these people are blah 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 hasn't really done anything to the r rate all these things that people are saying it's going to make the rate go up it's going to make the rate go up it's not you know can we at this point can we not have a little bit of hope that maybe just maybe yes fucking hell the government has made a shitload of mistakes but at this point are are they maybe doing the right thing in the way that they are approaching these things and i'm a card carrying labor member when i when i say that but there's coming a point now where it feels like they're they're doing they're doing these things and it's not necessarily going to cause an apocalypse i think that's more a happy accident Uh, uh, there seems to be a a small pocket of people i don't think it's a small pocket i think i'm being a little bit generous there's a pocket of people who are desperate for there to have to be a second lockdown so that they can point at people and go i go look they told you that they were were dealing with it badly it's like cool fantastic congratulations that wonderful cathartic feeling that you've got there is literally going to cost hundreds of thousands of people's lives and livelihoods can't we just try and hope that this is actually going to work and that this is Mm. the beginning of the end rather than the beginning of the next phase yeah you know i i'm not 
uh, this government plan by any stretch of the imagination. And if it if it does continue so things do keep on getting better, I think it will be in spite of them rather yeah. than because of them. Yeah, sure. But I would much fucking prefer that. And I would much prefer everything to start to get back to some semblance of normality quickly and even then get fucking credit than us to have to go into a second lockdown. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean that that it's no, I mean that's that, that's exactly it. I mean, believe me, I'm not trying to say like oh Boris Johnson's played a blinder here or anything like that. It just it feels like most of the things that they are doing does feel safe enough for me to be comfortable with. Um, I mean, pubs pubs opening on a Saturday feels fucking dangerous, but yeah, I. I I I I kind of get it. Like the amount of money those pubs are going to fucking make this weekend is, you know, probably probably going to be a shot in the arm enough to secure a lot of people's jobs. Um and I mean, it just in in terms of the general morale of the UK, it kind of feels like if people need that then fair enough, just don't be dickheads about it. Just I feel don't... like they should have done it on like a Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, this is a soft opening. Yeah, one yeah, one hundred percent. But oh no no, what are you doing? Sorry, Kiki's just pissed on the carpet. Bad girl. <laughs> what did you do that for? What did you do that for, you little shit? What was that? Bad dog. Bad dog. Go on, you can go away now. Go on. Don't you dare do anything else. Go on, go down those steps, you little arsehole. Yeah, yes, I'm unhappy with you. Go on, bugger off. Bugger off. Go on, see ya. Anyway. Um... What else happened news-wise? They're delight pets, aren't they, Ian? She fucking came in. It was like, oh, that's brilliant. Oh, what does she want? And then she was like, sat down by me for a little bit. And then 10 seconds later, she goes over the corner and just takes a piss. Um, But no, just to, to finish up on that that, that point, my, my worry, I mean, I will say, A, all these people saying like, don't open cinemas, don't open cinemas, don't open cinemas. Really looking forward to your film critic career when like cinemas don't open and they all die and no one cares about films anymore because everything's about content and streaming. So good luck with that. Um, But I I don't know. It's like if cinemas don't get to a like a sense of normality within the next few months. Uh, there are going to be many that will never ever open their doors again and you won't get new investment in the area because it will it will have killed going to the cinema as a fucking pastime um it it needs to come back soon for it to even have any fucking relevance i mean you you look at how well video games have done during lockdown like the fucking like double digit nearly triple digit percentage increases year on year in like sales of games and consoles and all that kind of shit 
that that like those are the things that people are getting on now you know people are binging netflix and things like that you know it's i mean lottie does not miss going to the cinema at all and i took her almost every weekend she's basically not interested anymore it's all minecraft all the time with her um and i just see that happening with a generation and if that happens with a generation that's just i mean it sounds very very like the sky is falling but i think it it is coming to the point now where these films need to be fucking coming out and they need to come out on the big screen because otherwise they're not they're not going to make their money back like we need like we need tenet we need a quiet place part two we need wonder woman 1984 we need these fucking films like black widow to just fucking sustain movie going um it needs it it needs to happen because the the, the machine needs to get fed yeah yeah exactly um yeah yeah it's fucking depressing but anyway hopefully unhinged will review in three and a half weeks time God knows what we're going to do for the next few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, in all seriousness, I think we got Hamilton next week. Yes, it's not a film, but they're marketing it as a film. So we can all talk about Hamilton. We've got the Charlize Theron one, the old guard coming out on Netflix. I think that's next Friday or the Friday after. I think it's next Friday, yeah. Um, and if this Eva Green film actually comes out on the 10th, then I suppose we could review that. I'm done with that. You know, so, yeah, always down for a bit of Eva Green. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at, at this point, it's like I understand if people don't want to go to the cinema. I understand their concerns. But, hey, if cinemas start showing these films and then three or four months down the line, you get to watch them on VOD. That's an awful lot better than we'll delay, we'll yeah. delay, we'll yeah. delay. We'll de- at least these people, if in three or four months they, they don't still don't feel safe enough to go to the cinema, which could well be the case all these people saying i'm not going to the cinema until there's a fucking vaccine look up how coronavirus vaccines work um and and when these movies come out available to rent don't just fucking torrent them actually rent them yeah yeah exactly and and you won't be paying 13.99 you'll pay a fiver you know it's just the whole it's the whole why did firefly ever get cancelled because nobody fucking watched it on tv and everyone downloaded it illegally it's on prime at the moment it's yeah firefly. it's very exciting it, it, it's like it might be controversial but fuck it i think it's quite entitled for people to say no wait until it's safe enough to go to the cinema cinema when i feel it's safe enough to go to the cinema <laughs> yeah mm. You know, like if I don't feel that it's safe enough to go to the cinema, but Tenet comes out in three, in, but then in three, four months' time, I can just watch Tenet on VOD. That's if that's a price I have to pay. That's a price I have to pay. It is a little bit. Don't ruin it for the people who are okay with it, who are comfortable with it. Um, you know, if that is not going to be done in a way that is really going to mean like active harm to other people which at this point it's not going to. If that R rate goes up above one again and they shut down the cinemas, fucking fair enough. As it it is now, get over yourselves. Yep, 100%. But wear a fucking mask. Anyway. Any other news? Um, Oh, oh. 
So, has Fallen 4 is coming. It's confirmed. As is Den of Thieves 2. Still haven't watched Den of Thieves. I really want to, but every time I scroll over it and go, oh, question of thieves, I'm reminded of the fact that it's two hours, 20 minutes long. <laughs> it's, it's Gerard Butler thinking he's in heat. You see, that makes me really want to watch it. But the back of my brain goes, that's great if it's, you know, 100, 107 minutes, mm. but 147 minutes <laughs> seems excessive. Yeah. Honestly, I quite enjoyed it. It's 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 worth your time. We will get to it, I'm sure. Won't we, Bex? Yeah. Talking of Gerard Butler. <laughs> shall we move to trailers? We could. You're not hosting that. I know I'm not, but I I couldn't really, I couldn't resist that segue. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so trailers. The incredibly titled Greenland. Uh, give it its full title, Ian. I don't know. I thought it was Greenland. Greenland, best picture. Oh. <laughs> Academy Awards 2021, best picture, Greenland. Oh, that's funny. I can't wait for this movie. We do love it. I was watching it going, going, this is ticking every single box I have. <laughs> oh. I think it looks fantastic. <laughs> there's not i'm not saying that in a piss take or anything genuinely i am excited for greenland What's if i if if if, if, if there's like a cinema unlimited screening for this and it's like a secret screen or anything like that fuck it when it comes up that it's greenland i'll be fucking coronavirus and high five and everybody in that fucking cinema <laughs> they'll have a fucking choice Wowee. Yeah, I'm well up for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm up for it. Uh, maybe not as much as you are by the sounds of it. I mean, fucking I, hell. I don't even think fucking Gerard Butler is up for all these things as much as I am. I don't know why. You do love a disaster movie. I fucking love a disaster movie. And it, all my brain is going, is saying to me, is, is, do you remember the last disaster movie that starred Gerard Butler? I'm going, oh, holy fuck. They might not even get to Greenland. There might be no Greenland in Greenland. Like there's no Geostorm in Geostorm. It could well be the case. Could well be the case. Oh, dear. Uh, Bex, what are you thinking about Greenland then? Well, to be fair, like disaster movies are a bit of a thing in our house, are they? Yeah. We all like them. So it's pretty much foster nip. This film, so yeah, I'm down. I, I still open... think, I still think that every time I see Jared Butler's face, I'm like, he should be playing Joel in the Last of Us movie. Oh like... Christ! I mean, in terms of physical look, yeah, but I reckon he could pull off the surly twatness as well that he's got at the start of the first game. Oh, I didn't realise it was directed by the guy who directed Angel Has Fallen. <laughs> Rick Roman what? Yeah. Oh, it's just got better. <laughs> I, I wonder if Nick Nolte's going to play one of the asteroids. <laughs> You'd think Scott Glenn's in it. Yeah, he is. Fucking I think he plays his dad. 
Scott Glenn, Scott Glenn in anything is just just makes everything better. Uh, when we eventually manage to do our Michael Mann marathon, I'm really looking forward to sticking the keep on in that um in, in that kind of in that area. Um, yeah. Scott Glenn in that is uh is something. Yeah. He's very sensual. I'm, I'm liking the fact at the moment that there's a lot of talk um, about the possibility of the uh, full director's cut of the keep getting a release at some point soon. Yeah, I don't know. That's 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 uh, that's an interesting one, eh? Because um, yeah, Michael Mann has previously stated that that one exists, just that nobody wants to see it. <laughs> is it like three and a half hours long? It's just shy of three hours, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. yeah. Fucking wonderful film, that. Yeah. Other trailers, what else have we got, guys? Um, trailer for Respect. Um, the Aretha Frank. It, it basically looks like it's going to be Jennifer Hudson every 20 minutes or so is just going to sing Respect. Does does mm-hmm. does it look exactly like you'd imagine a Jennifer Hudson or Aretha Franklin movie called Respect would look like? One hundred percent. Yeah, thought so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it it just seems pre- precision tooled to win Oscars and not win any. Yeah. Like one of those where it's that they've tried so hard to make it as 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 earnest as possible that you lose any emotion in it whatsoever. Hmm. Oh. Okay. That's interesting. Um. So, just on what we were talking about earlier on, AMC in America have said that they're going to be postponing reopening their cinemas until when um Unhinged comes out. Um. There are it some flights too, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. They reckon um, AMC, I think, own Odeon and Regal Cinemas are expected to follow suit. They own Cineworld. Ooh, so it could, we could see a bit of a delay in the UK as well, then, maybe. I could see it. could see it. Or at mm. least it feels to me at this point, why don't they just open up in the evenings only? Like soft launch. Like o- open up every day, but maybe have your first show in at like five o'clock. I can see that being a thing, yeah. Or open during the day and have your last show in at like. Most people go to cinema night, but. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is, if they want to avoid halls of people, mm. if they open during the day, you day off, it's going to be a bit more of a soft open, isn't it? Mm. It's just uh, a, a fucking. I feel sorry. I feel sorry for these fucking cinema chains, and I mean, like the the staff as well. Like, you know, what if Odeon and Cineworld do this, and it's like the staff are all kind of gearing to get back at, back to work, and it's like, right, we're delaying another three weeks, and then what if shit gets delayed again? This is this is why I'm saying they just they need to fucking open anyway. Um, uh, it's very depressing. Um, yeah, respect just looks like meh. If it's anything over two hours, I don't think I'll ever watch it. 
Yeah, it, it 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 could be one of those movies that inexplicably is either two hours two hours like thirty or two hours twenty seven or in a weird way a weird world it could be ninety three minutes long. <laughs> Thing is, I'm over earnest right now. I just want fun. A fair one. Yeah, one hundred percent. Which is why Unhinged is going to be the, the 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 balm we all need in three and a half weeks' time. Hinged in Greenland in August. Yeah, Unhinged future. Um, Best Picture nominee, <laughs> an Academy Award winner. It'll be Russell Crowe, what, third Oscar, is it? Yeah. Straight up. Like, fuck it. It will. I don't think it will. It will. <laughs> I won't make it happen. <laughs> I lost my own Oscars. Yeah. Russell Crowe will go. Because, I mean, I mean, like, the, the schedule's nuts now, because it's like Tenet is August 12th, and then the week after that, it's currently Mulan... Greenland and I think New Mutants. New Mutants got moved again, didn't it? Oh, did it? Let's be honest, that's not coming out in a cinema. New Mutants got moved forward, I think. (laughs) (laughs) New Mutants release date. Well, Google says uh, the release date is the 3rd of April 2020. Um, (laughs) Google. Fuck you, Google. Okay, no, it's August 28th. So, right, okay, so it's the week after that then. And then I think A Quiet Place Part 2 is the week after that. Um, Antebellum's at some point in September as well. Um, Or at least it's supposed to be, but maybe not. Who the fuck knows? Nobody knows. It it (laughs) just, oh my God. Anyway, um, other trailers. Have we got other trailers? I feel like I'm missing a big one here. Uh, we have Waiting for uh, the Barbarians. Wasn't that? What's that? Uh, it's the Robert Pattinson, uh, Johnny Depp, and um, Matt Rylance film. Oh, wow. All right, then. Um, <coughs> apparently, Johnny Depp is really fucking good in it. Uh, wow. so okay. I watched trailer and I still have zero idea what it's about but it will come a VOD it may show at like a picture house or something like that or a home if they're open but beyond that it'll be on VOD by September okay uh, and the other while we're on Johnny Depp for a second what's, what's this about uh, Pirates of the Caribbean spin-off movie with Margot Robbie yeah the, 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 the relaunching that we've got questions related to that later though so, hold your heels. Hold, literally hold my heels. Hold I don't heels. think that's the, the phrase you're after there. Hold your horses, cool your heels. Did oh, you just get confused? I mixed, through? I mixed them up. Were you mixing the genres? Yeah, I'm mixing the genres. Spanning the genres. I'm, I'm taking, making up new phrases, yeah. yeah. I'm going to get Vin, I'm going to get it out there. It's going to be the next Fast and Furious one, yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be like, hold your heels. We're like, oh, snap! <laughs> you fucking wait. Uh, Ava. Cool your horses. <laughs> Actually, that could be the part. <laughs> yeah. 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 See? Uncle Vin knows where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Ava. Yeah. Do you know what? That was the one I was thinking of. I haven't watched the trailer. How is it? Um, it's a crap trailer, isn't it? Mm. It's not a good trailer. And it's all the things that I like in a movie. <laughs> but it's a crap trailer. I don't like Jessica Chastain. I find her a really cold screen presence. I really like Jessica Chastain because she's a really cold screen presence. I just, I don't, there's, she, I find her 
very uncharismatic. I've had a very charismatic because she looks like she'd be a dick. She does look like she'd be a dick. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm alright with that. But yeah, it's I will watch the shit out of it. Uh, but yeah, trailer-wise, it's it, it's like it's the guy's first time to make a trailer, and so there's there's some really weird cuts in it. <laughs> mm. Oh dear. Okay. Um, when's that, so what, when the hell's that due out then? It's a good little cast as well, isn't it? It's a really good cast. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think it's due out. I think it's September sometime. Ever. Actually, August 27th. Yeah, we'll see if that happens. Uh, an hour 36. Okay, well, that's got me more interested. Colin Farrell, John Malkovich, Gina Davis, Johan oh, Gruffith, John Chen, um, Common, um, So we got yeah that's by Tate Taylor who made what did he direct who directed Ma and Girl that was it. it it does come up and say from the director of Girl on a Train it's a bit like I mean don't brag about that yeah <laughs> uh, but he also directed Ma which we also didn't super like I didn't mind Ma uh, oh, got- Ma had that fantastic bit where uh, she fucking ran the shit over um. Was it Missy Payal or was it somebody else? You know, when she literally fucking like just run like rams into her with a car. Oh god, yeah, yes, it was, yes, it was. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so you like Ma because it has a horrific vehicular manslaughter? It's fucking hilarious. It's not <laughs> horrific. It's really funny. You're twisted. <laughs> twisted up inside. Oh dear. <laughs> Looking forward to that. I like Mark. No, fair enough. Right, let's move on then. Yeah. Um, Eurovision: The Story of Fire Saga is directed by David Dobkin and stars Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams, Dan Stevens, Pierce Brosnan, and others. Ya ya, ding dong, ding dong. Um, play ya ya, ding dong. Um. <laughs> I had that song stuck in my head like for 24 hours after watching that film. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so this is um, an official co-production with the ECB, the um, or no EBU, the ECB is the English Cricket Board. Um, <laughs> that, 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 that'd be an odd fucking pivot from those players. <laughs> with uh, the EBU, the European Broadcasting Union. So this is like a, officially the the Eurovision film. Uh, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams play uh, childhood friends, potential brother and sister, and potential love interests um, who, <laughs> due to circumstances, end up representing um, Iceland at the Eurovision Song Contest. Um, they are befriended as such by uh, Lemtov, played by Dan Stevens, and... Uh, yeah, we take it from there. Becky, what did you think of Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga? Well, I, I really wasn't looking forward to this. I don't like Will Ferrell in this type of role or what the trailer made it look like it was going to be like or like childlike enthusiasm and stupid fucking faces and 
it, it, it looked like he was going to be the same level of earnest as he is in Elf, which just, if I could grate the part of my brain off that knows about Elf and has seen it, I would do. I hate it passionately. Um, so I really, really wasn't looking forward to this, but I like Dan Stevens. I like um, Rachel McAdams. So I was... I was holding out a little bit, a tiny smidge of hope that it wouldn't be too painful. Um, I actually really enjoyed it in the end. Um, Rachel McAdams absolutely carries it. She's delightfully lovely all the way through it. Dan Stevens is so good in it. They, them between them kind of kind of negate the Will Ferrell effect. He did annoy me in it. But it's supposed to be annoying in it. Though. I know, I, I get that, but he did. And the bad wig also annoyed me. The fact that he's clearly... Like, you mean that was his real hair? 300 years older than Rachel McAdams. He's nine years older. He looks like he's 900 years older than her. Um, he, so he did annoy me, but the fact that... Like, it focused on him, but it didn't feel like it gave him an inordinate amount of screen time. It felt more about her character to me. Mm. Yeah, he's the the second lead, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I actually quite enjoyed it. I I thought it had a lot more heart than I expected it to. It was quite, quite an emotional kind of story to it. And the bit at the end where she where she does the song and it's about the hometown or whatever it's called, that was I, I honestly I genuinely teared up a little bit at that bit because she she got her moment to like sing her song instead of just like trudging along in his footsteps and doing whatever he wanted to do. So yeah, I actually quite enjoyed it in the end. Oh, and that's just fucking hilarious, isn't it? They got a little political jab in there at Russia and their. Uh, their, their, their thoughts on the LGBTQ community. <laughs> Quite enjoyed that. No, I'm not gay, I'm Russian. Uh, yeah, I'm not gay, I'm Russian. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gay to Russia. And I actually really enjoyed the little, um, the, the montage-y, sing-along-y bit in uh, his party, where it was all loads of previous Eurovision contestants and stuff. That was, I thought that was really well done. And the production value on that bit was quite high. It's, it's not a cheap looking film. No. Like, yeah, it looked like it looked like it cost money. Um, I will say before I forget, there's one bit that Dan Stevens. There's a lot that Dan Stevens does, like silent comedy in this, which is is. I mean, he's funny enough when he's speaking or singing. But there's a bit where he's at his party and Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams are talking, and he's in the background. And he's just kind of like looking over at someone and just chatting at them like really like like very wide facial expressions. And then at one point just kind of like goes meow like with his <laughs> hand like it just and it's fucking because, you know, he was just doing that shit just on the spot. Like he wasn't being told to do that. Like he was coming up with that. Um, but anyway, uh, Mark, Eurovision. It's. I like the fact that it it's not a it's not a satire. It's not a spoof or anything like that. It, it's it's made with an incredible amount of affection 
Mm. For what's going on, they've not they've not picked Eurovision, um, and then just and, uh, yeah, yeah, and then just tried to prod it and poke fun at it. Mm. They've picked it and gone, look, this is a, this is something that happens that a lot of people poke fun at and a lot of people turn their nose up at, but a lot of people get a lot of joy out of it and a lot of people put a lot of effort in, in, into it and it, it means something to people. So let's fucking celebrate that and let's let's celebrate the not ridiculousness of it, but the the almost the craft of it. The and thing is, say what you want about Eurovision. The, the music might not be our cup of tea, but the fucking stage shows they put on are but that's a spectacle. It. And it, it, it's, I think it, it's looking at that and saying, and I was going, do you know what? The film is also doing this. As a film, it's going, do you know what? If you're too fucking cool for school and you think that you're above all this, you, what is it? Don't watch it. We don't want you to watch it. And it, it's been amazing watching people try and sort of essentially say, well, you know, I've tried watching it, but I just don't see what that's funny about it. And everyone else going, all right, cool. We do. Go away. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it, it's, it's a movie that, that, that you kind of, the world kind of needs right now, which is just all the way through you're thinking, right. When's the bit when Dan Stevens' character turns fucks into fucks him over, yeah. turns into a bad guy? Just done. He's just a, he's just a nice guy. He is genuinely really wants them to do well, and he's what? I think he wants her to do well. I think I, he I, wants to steal her away and sing with her. But he's not trying to. He wants. He thinks that she'd be a good partner for him. Mm. He's not trying to fuck over no. Will Ferrell or anything like that. Yeah. It, it's, it's, you would be better you would be better off with me i am the better option for you and you two aren't even like in love anyway so what's the harm of it really so he thinks i did wonder when it would come out that like he'd sent i can't remember what her character's name is but the the greek lady yeah yeah i did wonder at what point it was going to come out that he'd sent her to his room to kind of try and cause tension but then it just doesn't yeah there's just (laughs) It, it, it's but there's there's so many great running jokes um running all the way through it as well with things like the uh are you two brother and sister no I, but well I always says probably, probably not <laughs> almost certainly not <laughs> and just it, it, it it's never there's there's only a few genuine laugh out loud moments in it mm. but it's consistently chuckle through it yeah and i think that with this type of movie and especially as it, you know the few people have brought up the length of the movie and i often reference films being too long and 123 minutes is a long time for a comedy mm. um but because it's a constant chuckle bit that keeps you going yeah um there's enough there to go oh holy shit i didn't realize that was two hours fucking long you keep your buzz throughout it don't yeah and honestly i could have it could have been an extra 15 20 minutes long if those 15 20 minutes were just will ferrell berating the americans i love it i loved it I, honestly it was magnificent him at the end bit where they're where they're in iceland and he's just constantly berating it, and they can't work out if he's being serious or not. And he's being deadly serious. Mm. It was, I, it was just, it was a real joy to watch. It was good fun, actually. Yeah. Um, Ian, what did you think? Because you were very up for this, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. It didn't let me down in the slightest. I fucking loved it. Um, we are very much a Eurovision household, anyway. 
um which which may may well help like we've already said that next year we're gonna have a eurovision party and i'm gonna dress up like one of lordy um so that's gonna be something um i'm one of those people who i i don't get eurovision but i'm glad other people do all i have to do there is do you know what just not watch it and let other people have their fun. Yeah. It, it, it's just, it's people who are really fucking sincere, absolutely giving their all in, yeah. in whatever way they're going to go about it. They're fucking doing them. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's a really, it's a fantastic celebration of creative achievement. The, the thing is, I might actually watch the next one next year now because of this. The thing is, it's the the music is fucking spot on. Like even the little montagey bits of songs from other countries that they do, they all one hundred percent feel like they could be Eurovision entries. Um, you know, if 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 anything, like Double Trouble doesn't feel like a Eurovision entry, but then that's almost like a point of the film anyway, because then they replace it with um House or whatever the 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 song's called at the end which does feel more like a Eurovision entry. I mean, Lion of Love, 100%, I can imagine the fucking Russian contestant doing that. Um, the dude in, like, the demon outfit as well. That happens at Eurovision. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah I mean, Lordy, Hard Rock, Hallelujah, you know, they, they fucking won Eurovision that year, and it's... um, It... it, it so, uh, yes, I'm already very, very in, like, in with Eurovision. Um... Starting off with Volcano Man, I was really worried because it was like, are they blowing their load here? Um, because again, I've, like that fucking song, just the Volcanic Protector Man, just the, the the way he says that just makes me laugh every time. Uh, but no, they just they kept on going, and I understand that people say it's too long, but I could have fucking watched three hours of it. I, 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 if you're not as into it as I was, I could 100% see where you'd be like, that should have been an hour and a half long. I was into it enough. Like, question that we had a week or two back about, um, like, films, like, feel-good films that you, you'd stick on just to, like, make yourself feel better. I could see this actually being that for me. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd agree with you there. Th- yeah, just... If I want to be cheered up, I'm going to stick on Eurovision. I'm, you know, I almost watched it again this weekend. Um, and, and the thing is, I didn't even drink on Friday night. Um, I, I, I had a sober one and I was planning on get, like, getting drunk and watching Eurovision. I just decided not to. And I still had a great time. If I had a, if I had a few IPAs in me, Jesus fucking Christ, I would, I would have been jerking off. Um <laughs> I love I, no, I loved it. Um, Dan Stevens, don't see him doing comedy much. I'll have a Lemtov spin-off now, please. Like they they need to do some sort of prequel for like how he became like the the hot star. They need to do that. Um, <laughs> the, the, what is the weirdness where he's talking to him about all the things going off? Really goes. What line? I can get you a line. I can get you a submersive. <laughs> submarine. I'll get you a submersive. It's just such an odd thing, but you're thinking, I bet he could. 
I wonder what kind of submarine he means. Does he mean like a singular one, a one-person one? Or does he mean like a full fucking blown submarine? I mean, why not? He, he 100% could. Yeah. Um, and, and oh, the bit where she woke up next to him and she was like, have you, have you just been staring at me? It was like, yes, for an hour and I braided your hair. Um, <laughs> that was taking ages. Uh, only six hours. It's a really um, good job. <laughs> It, it, no, I mean, just great. I mean, even the little parts, like that guy who just insists that they play Ya Ya Ding Dong, um, it's, fuck, <laughs> it's, it's just he's fucking amazing. Yeah, the, the, um, the great line of, of with, I'll be back in a minute to play a game and just Rachel McAdams just saying, it's all he's got. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I mean, like, yeah, I'll be fair. I, it, I, I, I would 100% say that Will Ferrell is the third funniest of the three main cast members in this film. Um, I, I still find him funny, but I mean, Rachel McAdams, other people have pointed it out, but the fact that there are now two films where Rachel McAdams has a comedic reaction to people dying in a way that benefits her um, is, <laughs> yeah. I, but I mean, she, she wears it really, really well. Um and yeah, I, I like I I just I it was exactly what I needed, and it was a Netflix film which I would have been more than happy to watch on the big screen. Um, oh yeah, I, I'd have been if I'd have got to see it at the cinema. Um, I, I, there's no way I'd have been disappointed. I'm almost a little bit disappointed that I didn't get to see it at the cinema. Yeah, yeah, quite. I mean, you, you don't say that about Netflix films that much. I mean, I I, I think we did about Extraction which feels like it was a lifetime ago and it was two months. <laughs> um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like just over two months that was. That's crazy. Um, but it, it, yeah, it was exactly what I needed. I really, really wish that they just they, they put it out around Eurovision weekend. I don't know why they didn't. Yeah, it's um, really odd that they didn't put it out around Eurovision weekend because they're saying that, oh, COVID-19 uh, delayed it. It's like, what, by, like, four weeks? <laughs> yeah, that feels, that feels sus. Um, yeah, just really, really fun. Really fun. Fair play to them. Uh, I think it works. I don't need another Will Ferrell or Rachel McAdams one, but I would happily fucking invest in a Dan in a new Dan Stevens one. Yeah. Definitely not shit. Um definitely not shit. Mate. You could see you could see in a like eighteen months time Netflix just just landing at just a film that just comes out that's just called fucking Lemtov. <laughs> no, I mean that 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 that's it. It's like Lemtov that Eurovision, the story of Lemtov. Yep. Do it. Because I, they I, they say he won Eurovision before or something, don't they? So it's like, just have it be the first time he was in Eurovision. You know, and it, it's like Eurovision transforms him into the person that you see in this one. I like it. Yeah. Um, but definitely not shit. I wouldn't be surprised if it's my favourite comedy of the year come the end of the year. Um, yeah, I, I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not shit. Um, definitely not shit. Our audience poll. 
definitely not shit. 64%. Touching cloth, 14%. Shit, 14%. And Geostorm, 8%. I could see Geostorm. I could see why some people would vote that. I could see why people would vote anyway, to be fair. I can see how it could be not someone's bag. I could see how it could not be your bag if you're the sort of person who went into it thinking you weren't going, uh, not, not expecting to like it. You, it turned around. Well, that's me. Yeah, but for people who just don't like comedy, essentially. <laughs> so Yeah. Just miserable. That always baffles me when people are like, oh, I don't like comedy, but you don't like to laugh. Yeah, you don't like laughter. <laughs> You like laughter? No, I just, I just, I just like watching Bellatar movies. Oh, fucking great! I, I you're a fucking in other people's right. sadness. Yeah. My idea of happiness is uh, cries and whispers. <laughs> yeah. Dance uh, Dark is my sick day movie. <laughs> when I really need something to cheer me up, nothing beats a nice bit of Sarlo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Salo is my takeout on my own movie. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Right. Can I get takeout? Uh, I do have an Uber Eats voucher. We could use that. Uber could. Eats anyway, we're going to show you. If, if you guys want to have a look at food, I really need a toilet anyway. So I'll tell you what, why don't you discuss your food options while I go for a wee? You like the 1980s, don't you? Of course you do. We all do. But have you ever wondered why that decade was the way it was? Have you ever wished there was somewhere you could go to get past the usual day-glow sentimentality? To try and understand 1980s pop culture in a more social, political and historical context? Because if so, it sounds to me like you're ready to go beyond the aesthetics, beyond the nostalgia. Welcome to Beyond the Neon. Beyond the Neon is the podcast that dares to pull over the Testarossa, eject the Wham cassette, and take off the Wayfarers. If you're looking for retro reviews of Back to the Future, The Goonies, or John Hughes movies, you will not find find that here. If you're looking for top 10 lists of A-Team episodes, Nintendo games, or Stranger Things references, you will will not not find find that here. here. If you're looking for long, boring introductions, Squarespace ads, or Patreon begging, you will will not not find find that here. here. Because Beyond the Neon, we do things a little differently. In each documentary-style episode, I look at one area of 1980s popular culture and break it right down. And each episode features academic insight, guest contributions and interviews, as well as clips plumbed from the depths of the 1980s cultural void. Well, YouTube, mainly YouTube. To help illustrate the wonderful, perplexing, terrifying, joyous and utterly thrilling world of 1980s pop culture. Beyond the Neon might not be as regular as other 1980s podcasts, but that's because Beyond the Neon isn't like other 1980s podcasts. Subscribe to the the show today and check out all past episodes by visiting beyondtheneon.co.uk. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really is It's not visually striking. No. Just just getting confirmation. It's just in, that's the third time though. I mean, I must, is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. 
So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. Uber Eats is a bit crap, though. Uber Eats is a bit crap, yes. You can't actually delete your Uber Eats in anger. <laughs> <laughs> Shit on here. I think last time we were looking for some of it, I was like, oh, it's bollocks in it. I'm fucking getting rid of this. Yeah. I have, yeah, I've deleted it. <laughs> but Paddy. I heard a Paddy at the Uber Eats app and deleted it, yeah. Get Vixen off your next order, Maximum Discount. Maximum order, 30 quid. Yeah, literally, it's like they, they, they offer you this discount, but then as you go, oh, I'll take that, they kind of bop you on the nose with the... But don't get too much, don't get too much, you fat swat. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll, 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 we'll work that out, what is it? We've got other things pressing things need to work out. Yeah, we literally watch it. The feature one. It's the feature one. We've had a bad week this week, haven't we? We haven't. What have we done? What? I don't know. Do you sniff the cat? No. No. Uh, Well, we we kind of, we won a title, didn't we? We did do that. Yeah. I don't know if I can talk about that as a film. (laughs) Or a lunch experience. Uh, oh. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you whispering? We're just discussing the fact that we've not actually really watched much this week. <laughs> well, okay. Anything, and we were closer <laughs> to the mark. We've watched half of two films. It's not even the same film. Watch half of Tommy the T Rex. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Talk about that next week. We need we need to hear the whole story. Yeah, and we also watched half of uh, Revenge, the Tony Scott movie. Nice. Which I haven't actually seen before. Um, and so far we watched it going, it's very horny for Madeline Stowe, isn't it? It is very horny. And <laughs> very horny. I movie. don't have an awful lot of sympathy for them. No, I don't. But no. So. Did she deserve that? Well, we, 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 we haven't watched it all yet. We've still got like half an hour left. I mean, I still think that what he's getting revenge for is not going to change. No. Well, well, we'll see. Was it an extreme reaction? Maybe. But. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. But we'll get to that next week. Yeah. Ian, what have you been watching? <laughs> so, yeah, I've, 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 got, I've got a few things. Um, so I'll... City game. Sorry? We watched the Man City game. That was that was part of why we didn't watch a film that night. I bet. That was exciting. All right, let's let's fucking indulge you for a second. Well done, Liverpool. Thank you. Very yeah. happy for you. I, I, I do I genuinely do appreciate that. Um, and as well. Dan that I work with is a Man United fan. He's just not mentioned football at all. Like, we talk football quite a lot at work. 
and he's just not mentioned anything football related since. Do you know, do you know I feel like doing that? Go on. Getting you a uh, one of the champions mugs <laughs> and just taking a look. <laughs> don't mention it. Just drink it with it facing him. <laughs> Day, I don't really give a shit what anyone else does or thinks, you know. No, I'm, I'm the same. But it's just, it's just odd that, like... One of the lads I'm working for me, Max, is a Man United fan. Um, and I worked with him on Friday and then worked with him on Saturday. And then I was just before I was about to leave on Saturday, he just went, I can't believe you've not mentioned it yet. And I was like, <laughs> what? And he went, it's the fact that you've won the title. I'm like, I, I, I just, I'm not a... I'm not a gloater. No. It doesn't. It doesn't. I, literally, I didn't achieve anything. No, you didn't. I, 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 I didn't do well. All I've done is, is, is suffered for thirty years. Yes. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It was really weird though. It was really. It was, felt kind of anticlimactic winning it when we weren't playing. No, I had a little cry. You did have a little cry. Yeah. I had a little cry. I left you crying. Came back downstairs to watch Frankie Turner with Isabel sing as it was her sixteenth birthday. <laughs> It's it. It's just the fact that you guys actually and you want it fair and square. There doesn't have to be like an asterisk uh, against it, and no one could possibly fucking say, oh, they wouldn't have won it if it wasn't for the pandemic. You know, (laughs) like it just it, it was already such a foregone conclusion, and then it was. Like it was decided very, very early on in this last run of games. Yeah. Um, it, I, I, you there's, know, there's some great footage of Klopp dancing while a little bit drunk. Oh, that interview where he had to go off because he was starting to cry. Honestly, my heart. Yeah. Left him. Anyway, Ian, what have you been watching? Yeah, no, fair, fair play. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. Fair play. Um. So, uh, yeah, I I watched a trilogy, which I'll get into, and one other thing. Uh, so I'll talk about the other thing first. For some fucking reason, I watched Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Okay. <laughs> so, do you know what this is? No, I'm literally Googling it now. So this was an animated feature that the people behind Batman the Animated Series did after the first season of that. Oh, I think um, I've seen this. And um, so Patrick Willems did a video, uh, like YouTube video essayist who I, I fucking love, did a video about why he thinks it's the best Batman film ever made. And I like I'd kind of seen that. I was like, probably need to check that out. And I was listening to something the other day, and they were they were talking about Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. He's like, fucking, I, I need to watch this. Then it's about seventy five minutes long. Ace. Yeah. And basically, it, it, it's it's interesting. I don't necessarily. I I I could see how people could say it's like one of the best Bruce Wayne movies ever made, but maybe not necessarily Batman. So story is there's this new like a, a re- created for this specifically villain phantasm, um, which is basically going around knocking off a load of gangsters, and um at around this time an old flame of Bruce Wayne's Andrea comes into town. And then the film does a lot of flashbacks about her relationship with Bruce Wayne. And it's at around the time that he's starting of thinking about becoming Batman. Um, 
and he, he, it's like, and he's having these struggles between, you know, wanting to fight for justice and um, whatnot because of his parents killing, while at the same time falling in love with this woman and kind of realizing, shit, I can actually be happy. Um, and then in the present, podcast. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so I'm not sure there, but like obviously Kevin Conroy, who is a great voice, fantastic Batman. Matt yeah. Hamill. Um, but then you've got um, Dana Delaney, Stacey Keach, um, Abe Goda, Dick Miller. It's a fucking. All right, I'm gonna fucking watch this. Yeah, it's um, like I drunkenly rented it for three forty nine on iTunes last night, um, and just fucking hammered it down. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm sure there are other ways of watching it, but it was like, is this? Can I watch this now? <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna watch it. Um, I literally own Welcome to Moose Park because of that. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Um, no, and uh, so and 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 then in 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 the present, he's trying to work out who Phantasm is while dealing with Andrea coming back into his life. Um, and then the Joker comes into it, um, but he's not exactly like the Joker is not exactly the main character. It's interesting. Um, and yeah, it's the Bruce Wayne of it all is fucking incredible. Um, the, the push and pull of being happy versus like his kind of his life's mission is played so well. Um, I mean, the action's good. Mark Hamill, when he turns up as the Joker is just on point as he always is as the Joker um it's made it's made me think shit man the batman animated series if that's on streaming somewhere i think i might need to start watching it um it was ace and the uh, the music's done by um shirley walker who um I, I remember scoring the first final destination film randomly enough i think she did the first couple um so it's like a proper movie composer and the, the score's great um yeah it's a really really fucking interesting look at bruce wayne not necessarily batman and i think that's really interesting so yeah um and i mean like to be fair though that's coming from someone who doesn't have the most in-depth knowledge of batman but it's like i finished that and then this morning i started re-downloading arkham knight and it's just like I want to I want to have some fucking Batman time, you know, like, uh, so, um, yeah, yeah, uh, really, really good, really good, recommended. Um, obviously, let us know what you think, Mark. I will, I'll get on uh, get that this week. And so, here we go. <sighs> I rewatched the Star Wars prequels. So I was on Disney Plus. On Friday, finished work. It was like, what can I watch? Phantom Menace is on there. I've heard this 4K transfer shit. I'm going to have a look at it. I watched the whole thing. That's the, the weirdest reason to watch a movie. <laughs> yep. It is. And I watched the whole thing. Now, I'm going to just get this out of the way. All two and a bit hours of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. The transfers of these three films are so fucking inconsistent that it drives me up the wall. 
Phantom Menace was shot on 35mm and the 4K master of it was done about a decade ago when Lucas was doing um, the Phantom Menace 3D re-release. It looks like hammered shit. It looks awful. It is the worst 4K transfer of something shot on film I've seen. And I'm including Terminator 2 4K, which looks awful as well. Um, It's mushy. It's dull. The grain has been pretty much entirely scrubbed, so Noel will fucking love it. (laughs) Um, That's a reference for long-term listeners there. (laughs) Jesus wept. Um, And not even off this podcast. Um, And it just, it looks awful. And I was tweeting about that, and then someone came back at me and said, could it be because of um, the uh, lowered bandwidth that, um, you know, streaming services are offering at the moment to cope with coronavirus? And it's like, I just don't... At that point, it was like, yeah, maybe. But episode two looks soft, doesn't look great. Frankly, it was shot on very, very early digital cameras where... I was watching some of the behind the scenes stuff and they they um lucas wanted to shoot episode one like that as well but no one was interested in making lenses for a digital camera so they had to wait till episode two where panavision made um a lens for the camera and it looks uh, meh extremely meh but not as bad as episode one which was shot on fucking film and then you get to episode three looks fucking brilliant it looks really nice it's not again um what was which means it revenge of the city is the third one isn't it yeah Uh, what was that shot um i do you know what i don't i know it was a different camera but i couldn't tell i couldn't tell you what it was i'll have a check Um, yeah go on um I want to say it was shot on the Genesis, which Superman Returns was shot on. Um, but I, I, I might be wrong there. Um, but this transfer, it, it's the, the native formats 2K, so it can only look so good. But it's sharper without edge enhancement. The, the faces are more detailed. The effects look brilliant. It's a really, really really nice transfer it but, was it was shot um on a 2k master yeah so it'd be a two, yeah it'll be it, it's a 2k master so it was attack of the clones yeah it's um, a, the sunny cell um f uh 950 okay there we go there we go so um it's just the, the the technology had obviously like got improved in the few years but it was fascinating there because i'm watching this behind the scenes stuff and like it's like basically george lucas is kind of responsible for the death of 35 millimeter exhibition to an extent or at least the start of it where he was saying that no one was interested in digital um exhibition before he came along and he had to kind of like force it into being and he's also talking in this stuff about it also makes uh 3d exhibitions so much easier and it's like yeah, look where that went. Fucking nowhere. Um, it's so annoying because, you know, the only reason why digital exhibition it, it became as big as it was is because it's cheaper. It's nothing to do about the the, the the quality experience at all. 
as I think I've said on this show in the past, things that fucking infuriate me on the big screen, which they've kind of eased off on now, is new 4K release of Mulholland Drive back on the big screen. Fuck off, I watched it in much better quality 20 years ago, but thanks anyway. <laughs> yeah. If it's at home, great. Yeah, for a new mastered at 4K image, brilliant. Don't sell me that shit on the big screen. Just because 4K is a fucking buzzword, don't try to use that to get me into a fucking cinema. So, fuming. Like, it was just like, no, I don't want to see Mulholland Drive in a 4K master on the big screen. I, like, literally, you're talking up something that looks worse than it did 20 years back. Why? Why would you do that? Because 4K is a big word. Fucking. So, the prequel trilogy. Episode one. It's not as bad as you think it is. Going back to it, it's not. Jake Lloyd is dog shit the boy is dog shit yeah he's not good not good jar jar binks i understand why he's there and i'll leave it there i understand why he's there and kids love him so fair dues the political machinations of all three of these films are honestly to me really interesting the way that Palpatine long games this shit is amazing. He's already putting things into place in episode one, like the um, becoming the chancellor of the Senate um, at that stage and the way that he, he, he builds up his power. It's it's really well handled. And the taxation and trade routes and all that stuff that people take the piss out so much i get it it's it is basically it is saying that like the way that he inveigles himself into this is through all this really boring shit that no one gives a fuck about but it's the seeds that lead him up to be emperor palpatine um it's yeah i i i I, 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 there's some really interesting shit going on there bless you bless you but also it uses real locations a lot i think a lot of it was shot in italy um liam neeson is is great and i like ewan mcgregor um so yeah phantom menace and i mean like the fight at the end is brilliant and jewel of the fates slaps so i i you know i don't really have that many problems with it to be fair now attack of the clones (laughs) is the worst star wars film i don't know how anyone can argue against that um you know solo yeah it's pandering and it doesn't really work and you know the sequel setup stuff's kind of annoying it doesn't have hayden christensen and natalie portman out ikearing each other it's watching two billy bookcases fall in love um and the thing is portman and and to be fair both of them are not nearly as bad in episode three but together and with combined with the dialogue that 
Lucas writes for them. It's just, it's, it's awful. I mean, the, I hate sand. It's irritating and it gets everywhere. That shit has not aged any better. And it was already the stinkiest of cheese. Um, it's, it's not very good. And it's, it's like two and a bit hours long, isn't it? Yeah, it's long. It's long. It's like, I, I, I like two hours ten. I think it is. It, so I think. I, I, I think it's genuinely. I'm saying, as I said, I'm not a Star Wars fan, but I've enjoyed, you know, watching them. I genuinely think that Attack of the Clones is out of all of the Star Wars movies the only genuinely bad movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 but to be fair, I don't, I don't entirely hate it. I think the Ewan McGregor subplot on Geonosis is pretty decent. Um, I, 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 Ewan McGregor's better in this than he is in Phantom Menace, and he's again better in Revenge of the Sith. Um, and and I, I think that the, 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 the stuff at the end with them in that kind of like gladiator pit and all the other Jedi's are there is pretty great. I mean, there's some good Star Wars shit in there. It's just it's also got this like love story for the ages, you know, this love that you really need to believe in in order for what happens in episode three to kind of work. Nah. No, I mean, it, it the fact that he's like i killed them the women and the children and then pretty much the next time they're together natalie portman saying that she's hopelessly in love with him it's (laughs) so it's so weird it's so weird it's just that's what does it for her yeah uh, but to be fair across the stars the like their love theme along with jewel of the fates are hands down the best two cues in the prequel trilogy like across the stars is a lovely bit of music um so that's episode two then episode three is a legitimately good film that's a good film i, I remember actually quite enjoying when we did a rewatch it a few years ago i remember enjoying um revenge of the sith it's it, i remember having a really good fucking ending this is the yeah and 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 that's the thing it it's able to have drama in a kind of a franchise film that few franchise films can really have because you know where it's going everyone knows where it's going um and so you can really pile on the drama um you know the idea of anakin skywalker going to the dark side because he thought it was the only way to save pa- uh, padme like that's that very interesting bit of work but then the last conversation that they have he he's saying you're you're turning against me and then she says you're breaking my heart and then the the whole the, the aspect of natalie portman basically losing the will to live there is an aspect of hey you know you've just had two kids that's a bit irresponsible in it but you you get it like she has watched this guy who she's basically bet everything on just go completely to rot um and yeah i mean it's silly but you understand it ewan mcgregor when he kind of realizes what's happened and like the fight he has with uh uh hayden christensen on mustafa 
and that the whole you are my brother i loved you thing like it's it's great and it works it that, that he sells it um ian mcdermott as palpatine is fucking great he's he's brilliant i mean he's kind ever so slightly pantomiming it but it, it it's a good transition between the palpatine of episodes one and two and the palpatine that you eventually see in return of the jedi it works well I think um you kind of have a, a, an element of, of, of pantomime for these these type of movies they are they lend themselves well to that they are extraordinary movies they're they're supposed to be like that mm, yeah they're not supposed to be of this world space opera yeah yeah yeah, no, 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 quite, quite. It, it, it's just, he's quite subtle in episode one. And in episode two, he's got a few more scenes. He's kind of dialing it up a bit. And in episode three, it, 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 you know, it's, he's straight up fucking evil. And it's great. Um, and But then the ending has still got the, the, the soaring kind of like Luke's theme stuff at the end. And it, it works it it is a film that works and i remember when i uh, went to see it at the cinema i clapped at the end like along with everybody else through sheer thank fuck they didn't balls that one up <laughs> and i'm i'm still I'm watching these three three in three days i'm exactly there thank fuck he didn't balls that one up and i'm really really glad that george lucas's last filmmaking like directorial effort i'm assuming it will be his last was this film it's not one of his classics but it for me it's a legit four out of five um whereas i think phantom menace is probably a three maybe a three and a half attack of the clones is a straight two um but i like you said mark i think attack of the clones is the only star wars film that i would say is definitely shit it's not that's not a bad batting average for what is now 11 films i'd actually like to properly like marathon all of them in chronological order oh christ no no but like on a night i'd get by night two i'll be going so you're watching Star Wars again, then? You're like doing um, every business, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. But, but I mean, it, it, it was interesting, though, because like, I was kind of watching it, and like Lottie was kind of like watching it in, in uh, like fits and starts, and Donna watched a little bit of it. And like Lottie was more interested in, in, in Star Wars than I've ever seen her be. And she was still like, I'm a, I'm, I'm confused. I didn't watch it from the start. And it's like, okay, yeah, well, fair enough then. But she was in. And Donna was like, Do you know what? I haven't seen Rogue One. Like, we should watch Rogue One at some point. She hasn't seen Last, uh, Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker either. To be fair, she hasn't seen Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith either. She's watched The Phantom Menace for a long time. It was the only Star Wars film she ever watched. And then uh, we both watched four, five, and six. Um, like a while back now, it was in Lottie's like early years, I think. But I think now she's seen a bit of this she's like yeah i'll watch rogue one then i think she'll watch the last jedi i was talking about how interesting the last jedi is um you know i if anything this is weirdly even though i only really think that episode three is a legitimate like a good 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 film it's kind of got my spark back for star wars a little bit weirdly um i just it was a really nice weekend just watching these films 
Um, yeah, it's just too bad that transfers are kind of dog shit for episode one and kind of episode two. Um, and it's like I haven't seen, I haven't watched the whole first season of The Mandalorian yet. I think I'm going to do that now. You know, I, 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 I think I'm at that place where I just want more of this. Um, and you know, we're two, three years away from a Taika Waititi directed Star Wars film. Fuck, I'll watch it. Go on then. Um, so yeah, there you go. The prequel trilogy. I feel like I've kind of made my peace with it. Um, which I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to have done. Good. Um, and also I tried to play a bit more of Last of Us 2 and just went, nah. How are you getting on with it, Max? Um, I don't, I've not had time to play it, really. I seem to have done nothing but had no time to do anything this week, somehow. You're a weird week, isn't it? Mm. Mm. You said you're going to hit me in the face with the charger. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to give it a night this week, I think. You might have to watch a porn show on movie. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, There's no after. Yeah. I just, I want, I want to kill Abby. That's all I want out of it now. Cool. I replayed it. So, right, okay. So, full disclosure. I replayed it from the beginning. Why? Because I felt, because Ian was so upset about a certain thing that happens in it. And I was just like, eh. I kind of expected it. And I felt a bit like, God, is your dead insidedness rubbing off on me? So I wanted to play it again to see if, and yeah, no, it's the same. Oh, darn. Bad, but expected. Mm. <laughs> Wish I could say. Um, there's going <laughs> to come a point in this game. Which I am going to be fucking fascinated as to your reaction. What, is this because you know spoilers or because you've got to that no, point? No, because I, I, I know spoilers. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to say anything else. Mark knows. How far into the game is it, Mark? About 12 and a half hours, 13 hours. About halfway through. Okay. How far are you in? Not that. Did you play it twice? I did play it through twice, yeah. Okay. Really enjoy the snowball fight at the beginning. I like hitting those fucking kids with snowballs. Yeah, that's, no, that's true. Um, all I would say is when you. They're not fucking kids, but you do get to throw snowballs at kids. And you get to play the guitar, which is good. I was better at playing the guitar this time around because I realised what I was meant to do. I could do all that in real life. Have you reached the bit where she plays Take On Me yet? That's nice. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. It's actually like a, a quite a nice moment. Oh, no, I haven't. <laughs> um, it's in Seattle, Seattle Day One. If you go into the music store, there's a guitar in the top floor, and then she plays Take On Me. It's quite, yeah, it's good. Um, Mark knows the bit that I'm talking about. When you get there and tell Mark about it, can you then let me know? Because I need to know what you thought of it. It Will it be super obvious, the bit? Fuck yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I, mean, I could just so, tell you myself. Sorry? I could just tell you myself. No, because that... you're not going to know that it's the bit and unless you talk to Mark. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Or just talk to me anyway. Fucking, I spoiled, I spoiled myself on the whole of The Last of Us 2 in the end because I was just like, right, I need to know whether I'm going to give this game that, that time. And the answer is a resounding, no, I'm not. And it's not, it's not because, it, it, it's, it's because I don't want to live in that world for that period of time knowing that that's what I'm doing. Okay. Um, but it's there's been a lot of people complaining on the internet about stuff, and I don't necessarily I don't think that I'm on that particular side. It's just because for my mental health at the moment, quite frankly, I don't need to be in fucking misery for that long. Fair enough. A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood is directed by Mario Heller and stars Matthew Reese, Tom Hanks, Chris Cooper, and a load of other folks. It's a lovely film, and it stars Matthew Reese as an Esquire journalist who is assigned uh, to write 400 words, I believe it is, on Mr. Rogers, played in this by Tom Hanks. Um, they meet... And it kind of opens up some rough shit going on in the journalist's life, uh, which Mr. Rogers helps him through. So I um, briefly talked about my thoughts on this film last week. I genuinely think if it isn't the best film that Marielle Heller ever does, then holy fucking shit, we're in for a treat. Mark, what did you think of A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood? Um, well, I think uh, Becky was very much uh, looking forward to this. Uh, and then we just through happenstance, we just couldn't get to it, I think. Yeah. And then I've just not got around to watching it. You watched it and were very, look, this is really good. But the, the bit that, that got me going, right, I need to watch this, was you were, you were saying it, it's a really interesting way to do a movie. Uh, um and it really is. It, it, it's a really the fact that you've got that you've got these um, out of worldly um, pieces in it, and almost this fourth wall breaking within it. But it it's so nicely folded into the movie. And the little bits with like the model cities and stuff yeah, like that. It, it, oh, yeah. It, it just it feels it feels like it's grabbing you and going right. We're gonna. We're going to tell you this guy's story, but we're going to show it to you almost through the mind of this guy, but it's from nobody's perspective. Mm. So here you go. Um, and it throughout it, you're expecting it doesn't. The, the movie almost kind of says, "Look, um, it, 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 this guy's like a saint, like a human, like a, like a living saint." But the movie is also at pains to say, look, it, it, it might come across like that, but it's not. He's just a very good person who works very hard at being a good person. Mm. This isn't a, a weird affliction or he's not weird about it. This is a personal choice. He feels anger. He gets frustrated. Yeah. He has problems, but he just has coping mechanisms. Yeah, that, that he chooses mm. to be like this. And I think that's... that. 
it, it makes the character even better and it makes it an even an, an even more special character even more special person if somebody was just like that and it was just that they just had a a kind nature or anything like that it is one thing but you'd almost go right there's an element of cynicism no so one's that nice. is there something wrong with them <laughs> anything like that but he isn't it's a guy that that just tries to make sure that he's nice and he's just has a an almost subconscious way of picking up on people. He makes well, he makes a conscious effort to be a positive force for the kids and stuff. Yeah, it, it, it was almost quite nice having you know telling his story, but without actually focusing too much on him. Um, and that, and, but also, well, I think Matthew Reese is, is very. I, I like Matthew Reese as an actor anyway. Um, but I think he's very, very good in this. Yeah. At, at kind of, you look at him and go, do you know what? You are a bit of a prick. He's not a total prick, but he is a bit. He's a bit of an arse, mm. but almost like a, a natural arse. Like a lot of people could just be a bit of an arse sometimes. Yeah. But I think there's this. I think it's part of it isn't. I don't think the guy is an arse. I think the movie just shows him at his absolute worst moments. Yeah. Yeah. And at the moments where he he has little control over, I, I think that that's it. And he almost sees himself as being an arse. I think it's actually it, it shows him at a particularly low point in his life. Yeah, I, I, it's a it's a really interesting movie, but also it's got a fucking ton of of heart, but manages to gut punch at points without ever making you feel too down. Yeah, because it's it's a gentle gut punch and it's a cajoling gut punch. It's like we can all be it's, it's a cajoling a, gut punch. Yeah, it's like a little little gentle rabbit punch to the tummy. It's like like one of Will Ferrell's punches on. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. About it. On it's Davis. like a tickling. Um, no, but it it it, it, it feels like one that's basically got the message of we could all be better. Yeah. You know, and it, yep, it, yep. it's not necessarily easy. Being a better person isn't necessarily going to make your life easier, but just stopping and thinking about how you deal with the problems that come your way will, may make you a better person and may make you a happier person. Mm. You know, there's no point in hitting out at the people that are trying to help you, which is what he's doing. Mm. What do you think, Max? It's and yeah it's i mean it's it's a lovely film it is it's got a lovely message um you know he his character arc matthew reese yeah uh, his character arc is it's not like he doesn't do a complete 180 there's no like big thing but he just by the end of it he's a better person for knowing mr rogers and have have either of you guys since watching it like read the article it's based on no no i haven't actually no um, it's worth a read actually. A lot of it's a lot of films pulled directly from the article. Um, mm. Like the fact <clears> that you'd be asking him questions and then he'd just turn it all round on him and the old rabbit bit and the singing on the subway bit. It's all in the article. Yeah, and when the singing on the subway thing was in the water, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, it wasn't. It, 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 it's something like he was out in New York and it was raining and he didn't have an umbrella, so he went on the subway and everyone started singing the theme tune and yeah. like. He's just, he's widely recognised as just this 
really great guy, isn't he? Mm. Um, and yeah, I just it. it I, I I really really love the film to be honest, and I, I will definitely be watching it again. It was a hog of a movie for the most part. You know, it's not it's not like it. It's just oh, uh, nothing bad happens. Like Totoro's a hug of a movie because it's all it's all very um, benign. Nothing particularly bad happens. Mum's a bit poorly, but like it's never suggested it's life threatening. That kind of bad. Um, this isn't isn't like that, but it's it all kind of pans out in the end. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, it it's um it's it's really interesting because you had the uh, the won't you be my neighbor uh documentary um the year before last which almost kind of felt like it was seen in this film as thunder but then this film does such an interesting twist on it where you know it like the poster is Tom Hanks a beautiful day in the neighborhood and a picture of him but then the film isn't actually about him you know, like you, you get some insights into Mr. Rogers, but it's basically like Mark said, their whole having to work hard at being that person. Um, and the rest of it is about Matthew Reese. It's just this really fucking damaged guy who, again, you are basically seeing him at his worst, but you know, he's, he's dealing with a new kid, his dad coming back into his life you know, later on in the film is, is like the realisation, my dad's dying, you know, um, which, I don't know, it was interesting, it kind of um, spoke spoke to me a little bit in that selfishly, I kind of feel lucky that my dad died really suddenly, and it was like, I, like, I, I, I'm very worried about watching someone close to me go slowly, or someone watching me go slowly you know that's like a genuine kind of fear to me so that really weirdly resonated um and uh, you know the the directorial things that this film does to kind of put you in his place here from the the fucking bizarre awesome dream sequence that he has to just even the way that the film kind of bookends with um like mr rogers what it kind of seems like essentially is it is it in his head that he's imagining all this stuff or you know i mean like what the the, what the fuck is that really uh it's this really fucking like unreliable narrator look at this story where it's like it all seems to be in matthew reese's character's head but you know what exactly is going on he appears to have a bit of a psychotic break halfway through with the mr rabbit stuff um but then that that scene towards the end where they're in that restaurant and mr rogers is talking about the silence and then just everyone around them goes silent as well and again it's not like it's not like an objective this is what is actually happening in this situation it's how reese's character is kind of uh, interpreting the situation it, it's such an interestingly directed film um but with like really great performances as well um 
you know, I, I, I saw someone saying Matthew Reese more than Adam Driver in a married in Marriage Story. It's like, yeah, I kind of get that, you know, just in terms of like a, a damaged guy who's kind of like a slightly lashing out on those around him and is a bit entitled. Like, I, I, I can see that. Oh, thanks for the link, uh, link backs. Um, yeah, uh, I, 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 I thought it was a stunning bit of work. Um, Hella's just a really fucking interesting voice. Um, looking forward to seeing what she does next. And yeah, it, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I'm very, very. I was, I was shook. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. It's doing a lot more than um, than the trailer kind of suggests it's going to. It's got much more of a deeper story, doesn't it? Yeah, it tricks you yeah. a little bit, which is quite nice. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the, yeah, because it, it, the trailer doesn't really give any indication that the film is going to do the, these things, like the like Matthew Reese just fucking running out of that hospital, you know, like that's, that's some dark stuff. Oh, hello dog. What are you here for this time? You're going to shit on me. What do you want? Do you want to say hi to Mark and Becky? What do you think? What do you think? Big pup? Hang on. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Let me turn the camera on. Let me turn the camera on. How do I get the camera on? There it goes. Can you see her? No. Oh, yes. yeah. Wow, she just gets bigger every time. Oh, yeah. She's huge. Oh. Oh, she gave you a cuddle then. Oh. She's licking me. She knows she did wrong earlier on. She's trying to make it up. Blessed. You say hi. Oh. <sighs> Dog might just not to you now. Mm. She hasn't eaten. I think she has. I'd say she's big enough. See, at least Tick's not got that big. He's just because he's fat at the moment. Possibility that the dog might be. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's good. Are you moving? No, I'm not speaking. Oh. I don't know. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. What happened there? Did the dog? That was exhausting. Sorry. Did the dog deck you? No, she was. Vigorously licking my face. No. Um. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely not shit. I oh, definitely, yeah, definitely not shit. Absolutely. It's, it's a, I was very pleasantly surprised. I, it's really watchable as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. Again. Work, does it? Oh. Yeah. Our audience poll. Um. 63% uh, 
uh, were definitely not shit. 25% uh, touching cloth and shit 13%. Wow. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It surprises me as well, but different strokes for different folks. Right. What have we got for questions? So, uh, we have uh, from Andrew Jones. Um, with a fresh take on Twister and a new uh, thrust of pirates being developed, what 90s or noughties film slash franchise would you like to see evolve in a new direction in the coming years? Hot Tub Time Machines from 2010, so don't try it. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. How would you make that go? How would I make it go? Yeah. How would you? How would you? How would you rejuvenate that sort of? How would you, would it be a sequel? Would it be a prequel? Would it be a remake? Um, it would be. Who would it star? The exact, the exact same film. Shot for shot. Starring the exact same people. Oh. But now. You see, I think that, 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 that Michael Rooker would be fine. And I think that Stallone would be fine. I still think Jonathan Lithgow could do the what is it? I reckon you could do that. Yeah. I reckon they, they could all still do that movie. And that movie is 27 years old. Fair. Um, for me, I think linking back to what we've, we've discussed previously on here, I'd like to see the Hellraiser source material rebooted i think some of the films are good but some of them are ropey the middle ones are ropey and mm. i'd like to see it rebooted as a franchise as a, like a prestige horror franchise you know like like a blue housey kind of prestige not like fucking midsummer prestige no. not bullshit prestige <laughs> not horror. Yeah. yeah no yeah not, not a 24 they can fuck right not, not a thing he's better than horror yeah can I just have uh, can I just have a new escape from film? Oh yeah. I know I know I'm cheating oh, no. there because it's it, it, it's from the eighties, but Escape from LA was nineteen ninety six. So I, I'm taking that. You're having that one. Yeah, you? I'm having that one. But I just want a new escape. But I want it to be directed by John Carpenter, and I want it to star <laughs> Kurt Russell, <laughs> and I want it to be like Escape from Earth or something like that. Oh, Where he just gets the fuck away from Earth. That they're rebooting Big Trouble. No, that it's. I think it's still in development. That one. Yeah, they keep on talking about it, don't they? Yeah, it, but uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is oh, it is attached. Um, no, because he's too fucking smiley. He's too nice. Like Kurt Russell's got that bit of edge to him that makes it fun. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, and I like Dwayne Johnson. I think I feel like I've maybe seen too much with him in over the last few years. I feel like I maybe need a break. I I was I was feeling that um last year actually like he was in an awful lot and it seemed like it was either he was in a film or he was on Instagram trying to convince us all that he really really likes tequila because he just bought a tequila company yeah um, um but at this point to be honest like you know, the whole you don't know what it's got till it's gone. If Dwayne Johnson starred in a new film every two weeks, but it meant the cinemas were open, that's absolutely fine. I will watch a Dwayne Johnson film every two weeks. Just please, for the love of God, let the cinemas open again. 
<laughs> yeah, I could see that. Well, it's not going to be long before we get a couple of new Dwayne Rock Johnson movies, I think. Mm. Unless they will get put back to next year. Um, <laughs> next question. Uh, Rick Kidd at Rick J. Kidd. With lockdown in Scotland easing, it's been nice to get out for a walk and see the wildlife again. So my question this week is, what are your favourite movie animals? Like the apes. The apes. All of the apes. All of the apes. I like that drug dealing monkey um, in uh, The Hangover Part 2. It's a good shout. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to Google this because there's, there's going to be one I'm missing. Of movie animals. Do, um, do animated movie animals count? Of course no. they do. Um. Always been a big fan of Gigi in Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh, what, like the Phil Hartman voiced one? Yeah. Yeah, is. man. Um, and oh, can can the Baron out of um, fuck Whisper of the Heart count? I know he's like a like a humanoid cat, but can he count? Or sure. Like Carrie Elwes. Is it Carrie Elwes? I think it is Carrie Elwes. Yeah. Is that how you say it though? It's definitely him, but is that how you say it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. He's a suave bastard, is that cat? He is. He seems to know too much. I would like to smoke cigars and drink brandy with that cat. Fair play. Fair play. I don't like cats that know too much. <laughs> that cat does look like he knows too much. Our cat's currently sat on my shoulder squeaking because he's dreaming about something or other. Probably about how much he hates the dog. Well, the new cat. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't get on with the dog, does he not? Dog only came home yesterday, and they're still kind of getting used to each other, but he will sit and purr right next to the dog, but if the dog makes eye contact with him, he hisses at him. So the dog's nervous of the cat, because the cat's hissing at him, and I'm just avoiding making eye contact with him at all. And then the cat's nervous of the dog, because the dog's quite big, and yeah, it's a whole thing at the moment. Oh dear. It can be in the same room quite happily. It's just if they get if this thing happens. happens. Yeah. Um, we, we've got to give a shout out for Jaws as well, haven't we? Jaws is all right, yeah. Jaws is. He's not got much of a personality though, has he? He's just bitey. I don't know, but he's his fortieth anniversary. Oh, all right. Jaws can have a shout. So yeah, forty-fifth anniversary, isn't it? Oh, and the big wolves in basically all Ghibli animals. So not an actual real animal. The horse in um, Neverending Story. The nothing in Neverending Story. Oh god, yeah. But the horse that dies and then comes back to life. <gasps> the giant turtle in Neverending Story. That's got some good animals in. They're not really real animals, are they? No. The worm in Labyrinth. The worm in Labyrinth is a fucking great shout. Yeah. Yeah. It's a solid shout that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that's that. I think, I think we covered a lot of animals, more than I expected, to be honest. All the animals. Yeah. Captain Woundwalk. He's a prick. He's a prick, isn't he? What a cunt. What about the Red Bull? Oh, God, yeah. In the fucking last one. Yeah. He's a dick. We're now just naming animals. <laughs> All the animals we can think of, we're now naming. <gasps> the dog in John Wick. That poor little bastard. Dead one. Yeah. And then you yeah, he doesn't, and doesn't get much screen time, though, does he, for fuck's and, sake? And what's the name? Halle Berry's... Um, Halle Berry's 
Doctor Who, yeah. So basically, all animals in all movies are just funny. All more assholes. Name one. Simba. Simba. Cujo. That's useless. Yeah, that's all we've got for questions there. <laughs> that was weird. And right, next week, uh, we're going to be covering Hamilton and uh, probably talking about how cinema's dead. So uh, look forward to it. Um, I'm also going to watch the um, Roseburn and Steve Carell movie. I'm not going anywhere near that. I can't be fucked. What's it called? Irresistible. Irresistible. I want to watch that. Why? Because it's just my jam. What? Shit films? You see, as you said that, you started to answer your own question in your brain a little bit there, didn't you? A little bit, yeah. yeah. What shit are you? Fair enough, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. Um, so, we'll be back with our hot takes on Hamilton next week. Uh, can, I, can I say something that's going to make me sound really, 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 really bad? Go on. What the fuck is Hamilton? We'll find out next week. I genuinely don't know. We'll find out next week. It's going to be great. Watching this with you is going to be an absolute fucking trip. I know it's a musical. Right? I genuinely don't know what it's about. It's the... the, the... Don't tell me! Uh, It's not out of with that. It's just, it's not part of my sphere. So I don't don't know what it's about. I don't know how you've avoided it. It's really easy. Not knowing what it's about. It's really easy. Is it... It's about... Well, you just said you don't want me to tell you. Is it though? It's about. Oh, I'm trying to spill this whole really fucking bad. I've not seen it, but I know I know vaguely what the synopsis is. So, uh, is it about? It's about when a me- when a meteor crashes to Earth, um, <laughs> an intrepid doctor and his plumber friend must uncover the secret of what exactly is in that meteor and why does it taste so good. Oh, yeah. Hamilton. Yeah, that. That's not really it. I'm really disappointed now if that's not it. This is going to be interesting. I had this to is... tell him, Ian, because otherwise we'd be sat there all the way through it going, so where's where's the doctor and, and the plumber? What, what? Where's the meteor? This when is, is, is going to be like when we did that experiment and I watched the third Hobbit movie having not watched the previous that, To be fair, that was fucking incredible. Yeah, and it literally... I, I didn't even know that it literally starts halfway through a scene of number two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never watched the Hobbit movie. It literally, it literally just starts like there's a battle going on, and then literally number three continues that battle, but it's literally a scene cuts in the middle of it, and then it takes on from there. And I had no idea what was going on or what any of these people were. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up that there was a blockbuster film in the last ten years that was called The Desolation of Smaug. <laughs> Yep. Are they any good, Ian? Because I, I like the book, no. which is why I've avoided watching the films. <laughs> no. They're no. not. No. Oh, but three really long fucking well, movies. I, I, the reason I avoided it is because I really dislike Lord of the Rings. You didn't dislike Lord of the Rings. I did. When you watched it, you didn't, though. You did, you disliked it on a rewatch. Mm. Yeah, but by the time Bil- Bilbo, by the time Hobbit came out, I, I, that rewatch had happened. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, 
I've seen the first one twice and the other two once and nah. Just nah. They're they're remarkably inessential. And it it does feel like everyone's forgotten about them. It is. Them and the Hunger Games basically don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's something. It's a fucking movie. Yeah. They don't exist, Bex. Fair enough. I mean, to be fair, Divergent is probably the most it doesn't exist of any of those, but yeah. <laughs> Divergent, the one they literally just went, oh, if we just don't make the next one, will anyone notice? No. That's exactly it. Exactly. You say, what's Divergent? Exactly. Uh, is that the series with that weird face girl? With Shirley and Woodley. That's yeah. it, yeah. Shirley and Woodley that almost happened. I like Shirley and Woodley as well. I mean, is she in Big Little Lies now? Yeah, that sounds right. Phoebe. It's really confusing because Reese with a spoon's got Big Little Lies and what is it? Little, little fires <laughs> everywhere. Just, I get confused now between the two. And I, I've actually watched the first series of Big Little Lies. I can't now hear Reese with a spoon without seeing that meme popping up in my head that is Reese with a spoon, Reese without a spoon. Without a spoon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robert De Niro, Robert De Faro. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason why that shouldn't be that funny. We're going to finish now. We are podsyndicate.com. Um, Mark and I are recording the insomnia chat, I think, in the next few days. Yeah. As long as Tenet doesn't get pushed back again. Because if it does, then I might just fuck the whole thing off, really. Um. <laughs> You know, let's just see how it goes. Patreon.com forward slash film bastards, two dollars a month, you cheap fucks. And um yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're done. Love you. Bye. Bye. What's going on? Do you think that's Oh. That was a way to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm going to get some food. Are you getting takeout? I don't know. I don't know yet. Don't know. Literally, the takeout options on a Monday night are a week. Yeah. Oh, save it for a better night, guys. I think we might do. Save it for a better night. Mm. Right. Cheers for that, bud. Au revoir. Speak Have a good soon. one, guys. Bye. 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 This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.